Hello, Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, along with co-host... Ed Wilkinson. Bob Wells. Coming to you live from the luxurious KVOY broadcast complex in Tucson, Arizona, welcoming you to an action-packed wokeness in the military edition of Inside Track with retired U.S. Navy Captain and National National Security Advisor, former National Security Advisor, Robert Wells. Producer Tom also joins us running the board and taking your calls. And if you do have a comment or question for us during today's show, you can reach us at the Wilkinson Wealth Management Live Line at 520-790-2040. Eb? Hey, Bruce and I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors. We've got Tucson Iron and Metal Retail. Call Jamie or Craig at 209 209- one five seven six Corazon Cabinets. Call Corazon Monday. Talk to Joy or Allie at four eight eight two two six six. And of course, Eric Rudin from Essential Pest Control. Call his great team at eight eight six three zero two nine. And also supporting Inside Track is my co-host, Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Call Eb at seven 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 nineteen eleven to help you. Before we get to the issue of military wokeness on today's show, just a few minutes on Arizona's governor election. There was a big headline this morning, Dem Alarm Grows in Arizona. It's true for all the talk about how unqualified and dangerous Carrie Lake might be if she's successful in this election. The truth is Katie Hobbs, who is the darling of the left wing of the Arizona Socialist Democrat Party, is the wrong choice for governor. Even those who support her also accuse her of political malpractice in this election. They say she's a hot mess who not only risks losing her election, but will also damage their party's candidates down ticket. It is no mystery that she has run away from debating Carrie Lake. She knows she would fail miserably. And how shameful it is that PBS and ASU, the Cronkite School, have tried to violate Arizona fair elections law to prevent a face-to-face debate. You know from their actions here who they support in this election. Hobbs has tried to smear Carrie Lake as a crazy, dangerous woman, but it is Hobbs who has been found twice to be a racist in legal complaints filed against her personally. Hobbs has defined who she will become if elected governor. She vows to be a lawbreaker over your rights to self-defense and to the rights of the unborn. Hobbs supports abortion right up to and including birth. Hobbs has defiantly said she abhors the Supreme Court decision supporting Second Amendment rights. Hobbs has called Carrie Lake a conspiracy theorist, but it's actually Hobbs who has denied there was anything troubling about how the 2020 election she oversaw was run. She approved of extra constitutional changes in voting in the middle of the final stages of the 2020 election, which likely had some impact on the results. Let's not forget when Hobbs ran for Secretary of State four years prior, she told her supporters she was running for Secretary of State, quote, to help elect more Democrats. We know she was a serious uh, person because she helped elect Joe Biden. Why would Arizonans want to elect someone who is so unfair and who does not believe 
in the rule of law. Hobbs has no problem and no clue how to defend against the cartels at the border who have brought human misery to our, da- to our state and making our state more dangerous. The border is safe, she says, but we all know that fentanyl is out of control, ending lives and destroying families, drugs, human smuggling, sex slaves, it's all there. Dangerous aliens, of which, of which some arriving from countries who are enemies of America as well. Untold cost to Arizona taxpayers, untold danger to Arizona. Hobbs has been the most evasive candidate for high elected office here in recent memory. She refuses to debate Carrie Lake. This week, she even ran into the ladies' restroom to evade questions from a reporter while seated in a public place. Even her answers to friendly interviews show her to be a lightweight. She knows she would be exposed in front of the state as an empty vessel in any face-to-face debate with Miss Lake. What a miserable prospect her election would be for our state. Just look how that's worked out since Joe Biden walked into the White House. Count on her to be run by serious leftist advisors she'll hire if she is elected. Carrie Lake has Doug Ducey's support, and she is being supported by the Republican Governors Association, as well as mainstream Republicans and MAGA activists all across the state and the country. The left wing hates Carrie Lake. The media hates Carrie Lake. The, the um, uh, elites hate Carrie Lake and fear her the same way that they all loathe Donald Trump and America First supporters because they know Lake will be a change agent. The left, the media, and the elites will fight dirty against uh, Miss Lake in this election. The reason for Carrie Lake should be elected governor and help us, help us by getting out and supporting her and voting for her in this election. And just one thing before uh, we uh, go to our break, um, I had somebody on Facebook today uh, tell me, lament, uh, she said, that, um, uh, uh, you know, she she just, she couldn't pick between the two candidates how they were both awful. And I reminded her that it was the undervote uh, that left uh, Martha McSally's uh, um, vote off the uh, 2020 election that gave us Mark Kelly. Well, so much for that. Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. You're listening to Inside Track on KVY, Trusted News and Talk. Eb, Captain Wells, and I will be right back. We'll be discussing the dangers of wokeness in our military establishment. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. 
You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Oh, <laughs> welcome back to Inside Track. Are we on? <laughs> Joining, un, join us for Unprofessional Radio. Joining us for the rest of the show today is friend of the show, retired U.S. Navy captain, former National Security uh, Council advisor to Dick Cheney, and well-known National Security analyst on Fox News, Robert Wells. Uh, we're here for an in-depth discussion about wokeness in our military and problems associated with it, as well as how to get us back focus on the defense of our country while Eb is um, uh, cleaning up the mess on the table that he created during the commercial break. I want to give you a real quick listener alert. Keep tuned to KVY after the Wake Up Tucson show, after you've listened to that show this Monday, and tune in to Win Tucson. Kathleen Wynn's special guest for her show is Kathleen Engelbrecht, uh, who joins her to talk about the charges leveled against her and True the Vote regarding the 2020 election. Win Tucson airs Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. So um, just a little bit um, before we before you actually hear from Bob, um, you know, Bob is just not some guy that, you know, we found, uh, you know, along the side of the road. Uh, Bob is president and CEO of Bob Wells and Associates. It's a it's a consulting firm uh, here based here in Tucson, and he uh, has clients around the country. He's an adjunct professor at the University of Arizona. He's a member of the U.S. Naval Institute, a member of the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition, Veterans for Smart Power, author, and and uh, Bob wrote a book which we've talked about a little bit. Uh, bottom, uh, excuse me, voices from the bottom of the South China Sea. And Bob's book is is having some serious discussion uh, 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 in the upcoming days, right, Bob? On uh, uh, with a particular group. Can talk about that for a second before we get started. Well, thank you, Bruce. Uh, and it is it's a it's a really fascinating story about the U.S. China relationship and how the Chinese really helped build. Uh, the railroads in the United States, and it's a shipwreck. And because it's a shipwreck, uh, National Geographic is looking at it for the Drain the Oceans program, uh, possibly a, f- a future uh, segment, which will be very exciting to bring this That's a great story show, to life. Too, it's a TV. great show. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's exciting news. So um, I'm here as the host uh, of the show, uh, but as uh, Bob and Eb know, and probably most of the listeners know, I didn't serve um, in the military. Uh, I'm I'm honored that both Bob and Eb have served our country and and served our country with great honor and distinction. Um, I want to make this a show where we're focused on them and not the host. Uh, but I'll start out by asking this question, and we'll kind of take it from here. How did you? 
how do you think we got to the situation we're in today with wokeness in the U.S. military? And what does that mean for the security of our country? Bob, I'll let you go first. Well, I think uh, it's an effort to basically uh, include everybody based on the social circumstances in the United States. And it wasn't just based on race or sexual orientation. Uh, when we were in the service, it was, it's really, uh, it's always been about service. It's always been about focus on our service. And we're all constitutionally sworn. We have great traditions. And I was in the U.S. Navy. I was in the U.S. Marine Corps. But how do we came, how do we come here? I think it's, it's developed over the last 40 years in particular, and it became more acute uh, during the Obama administration when you're looking at outcomes. You're looking at, you know, diversity, and also inclusion. And then uh, for the Biden administration, they added the term equity. And I think... The, what is that? As what opposed is, to equality. Equality is... What does what that mean? What, what's the difference between equity and equality in your, in your estimation? Well, for everyone that reads the Wall Street Journal and you're looking at uh, homeowners and looking at working on with a bank, uh, how much equity do you have in your home for home loan? It really does mean uh, an, an outcome, to be sure. It really originates from... Uh, all the way back to Martin Luther King and, and social justice and looking at the equality of uh, economic outcomes. And for people that have been uh, over the course of, you know, the, since the civil rights movement in the 1960s, over the course of, you know, 60 years, uh, there are certain groups in the United States that have not progressed as well economically. So it's a public policy uh, term, equity, to basically ensure that they have economic outcomes. But to do that... You need a national uh, power that basically distributes, as they call it at Harvard, the primary goods of society. And those goods are jobs. Those goods are service. And that's where you get to the military. And this is what's happened over the last, especially since President Biden's come to office, with the executive orders. He's placed executive orders, which have piled on, my term, into the Equal Employment Opportunity uh, uh Council, which basically had the responsibility over the Civil Rights Act, over our, our GMT, our general military training uh, within the armed services. It's in the new national security strategy, uh, but they're trying to use power to basically shape outcomes. And there's reporting requirements that are within the federal government that are causing the bureaucracies under management of OMB and also the uh, Office of Personnel Management to show uh, results. So you're going to get this this pie chart of different uh, segments within this uh, diversity, in, uh, inclusion, and equity to judge the outcomes. Are the primary goods of society being distributed? And this is why it's troubling in the armed services because it's, it's really a distraction uh, for people that serve because we're sworn to our service, we're sworn to our constitution, our service. We this, ourselves are the or the, uh, you know, the duty to basically serve. But the Constitution, the service, and the country come first. So, Eb, you took the oath. I took the right? oath. And you served. I did. Did equity, did equality come up in your training, or did equity come up in your training? <laughs> well, the only way equality came up is in the Marine Corps, everybody, Tom, you better get ready to beat this, everybody got crap. Exactly the same. You were okay. Yeah, you were not. Yes, words, you you were not immune from getting beat. Well, I'm not going to say beat. You were not immune from getting harassed and and 
battered going through boot camp or anything like that. You know, uh, everybody got the same amount of harassment. Nobody really skated. I don't know how it was for you, but not with us. Well, we had standards, and so did the Marine Corps. But everyone had to perform. And you name it in terms of physical fitness, our physical fitness tests, you look at the standards for um, electronics technicians, gas turbine uh, maintenance uh, personnel, information technology personnel, they all had their, their rating standards, and they had to basically make rate based on their knowledge. And your physical fitness standards, your physical the same fitness. thing. I mean, you know, I was not the prime physical fitness specimen going in. There were people that would walk in and just immediately ace everything. Others of us had to work on it. You know, and because of that, it, it's not that there was equity. Everybody had the opportunity to do the best they could. Now, whether you did or not is a different thing, you know, but everybody was said, you are going to do this. I don't care. We had to do a minimum of three pull-ups. Well, that's in the Marine Corps. That's the minimum, but that's not really the minimum. Think about how you'd be harassed by your, exactly. by your fellow Marines if, if you only exactly. did just three. I know. I mean, I'm working out every Tuesday and Thursday at 530 in the morning, and I start off with doing 10 pull-ups, and, and I'm old, you know. But that was part of that Marine Corps training. You just don't quit. You just don't give up. One of the things that Bob said that was interesting was about the standards. Even in 2008, they were lowering the military standards. You know, you had, and I just pulled up an article uh, from CBS. You know, they had 100 people that were enlisted uh, that had prior felony convictions. You know, so you've got felony convictions, you've got narcotics convictions, and these people are being, you know, sent to boot camp and sworn in. And it's it's different than somebody who tried marijuana once versus, I don't know, let's say you're a president and you sold cocaine in school. You know, now you become the president of the United States. I mean, what the hell is that all about? The, the problem is the military is bowing down to basically have everybody come in regardless of whether they can do it or not. And that's only going to hurt us in the long run. But isn't the isn't the idea though in your military training and and the philosophy for everybody to be the core for there not to be diversity for for everybody is is de- dedicated to the mission right so how does it, does this get in the way of that I, I would or say how? I would say yes but at the same time you look at we we are a very diverse nation we become more diverse uh, to be sure and it is an all volunteer force. And the policymakers need to manage, the Congress needs to manage the all-volunteer force, and that gets into our recruitment. But for people that finally swear to their particular service, once they uh, pick their, their rating and they actually train to it and they get uh, certified uh, within the military, this type of uh, training, uh, wokeness or social justice uh, inside is, is really a distraction because... You're supposed to be more aware of your service, not aware of yourself. You're supposed to be aware... Or your differences. Your differences of your rating, because it's all about getting ready to do the mission. It's how everybody works in, in concert with one another, That's right? correct. That's correct. Works not only as an individual to better yourself and to do your job that you've been assigned as an individual, but you're doing that for the betterment of that team as a whole. Yeah. You know, when so in VMO2 in the OV10 Bronco community that I was in, 
you know, you've got the pilot and the aerial observer that actually fly the plane and operate the systems. We could not do that job at all if it weren't for the PFC on the ground supporting that operation. So everything that we did wasn't necessarily to glorify us, although we were the best, and that's just the way it did is. You care, did you care if that PFC or corp, Lance Corporal on the ground was black, no. white, male, female, no. gay, lesbian, we, trans, we, we whatever? We had them all, and we never talked about it, and that was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. You know, so, so how did that work? Okay, and and in your case, Bob, because you were a skipper of a ship out, yes. out, out at sea. I mean, did you have women on your ship? We did. Okay. So I mean, how how did how did all that? I mean, I realize it's been a few years since you, since you've been out at sea doing that sort of work. But what was what was the atmosphere? How did that work with all the shipmates working together or living apart? We we were basically focused on our mission. Uh, we also realized uh, for everyone that serves on board a ship, I was a cruiser. Uh, it was right after 9-11 in particular. But you're really looking at mission focus, and everybody is going to be, be able to do their part. Everyone relies on each other's uh, service 24 hours a day, seven days a week. At sea, uh, very dangerous. So it was team building, and you're looking at each different rating had different responsibilities on board the ship. The engineers, you know, kept the lights on and provided the fresh water. The corpsmen, they made sure the potable water was was good, and that uh, the how about just keeping the the ship safe? Keeping the ship from, safe from fire and from and from other issues, Our, right? We had repair lockers. We had to do training constantly. You're constantly training to be ready. So uh, to really, the focus wasn't so much on the diversity of the crew, uh, which is important because everyone looked pretty diverse. You know, from I had women on the ship. I had uh, uh, African Americans. I had uh, people from uh, all states of the Union, uh, which was a lot of fun because everybody had their own unique uh, accents, and and you really find some really uh, great personalities that that really some come funny from, personalities. some funny personalities that come from from all over. Uh, you had uh, people that basically re represented America, and we we also in the Navy. Uh, I know in the Marine Corps, we, we celebrated our, our heritage. We celebrated the Navy birthday, which was just yes. this last week, uh, Martin Luther King Day. We celebrated uh, uh, Black History Month. We did all kinds of things to, to support our total crew. So uh, these particular uh, new elements there, which you know focused on uh, wokeness, which just means being awake to social justice and, and moving away from any type of discrimination, uh, this is something that has been introduced that, that really does, I think, complicate uh, individual uh, perception of fairness and integrity uh, within uh, chains of command, and it should be refocused back to mission and duty and focusing on why we're all serving together. Army and if Secretary you want to talk about diversity, I mean, onboard ship, the number of skills to keep that ship afloat and running is very diverse. Absolutely. So if you're talking about diversity, that's where diversity comes in. Not whether you're black, white, gay, lesbian, whatever the case may be. You know, it's it's everything from the guy down, you know, the, the engineer to the guy up on the signal bridge, all the different jobs that they have to do to make sure that that takes place. So to me, that's the diversity. And so 
Army Secretary Christine Wormuth uh, said just recently, uh, keeping the Army apolitical and keeping it out of the culture wars because we have to have broad appeal. Uh, Mike Gallagher, member of Congress and, and a former service member, says uh, that the problem is that leftist ideology has escaped the lab of higher education and is now infecting other institutions, the military amongst them. Your comments? I think that's quite right. I think uh, I was really uh, taken by uh, Mr. Gallagher's characterization, uh, linking it really back to even covid where you've got this ideology that's escaped from academia that's basically infecting other institutions. It's not, it isn't natural. Uh, it is something that's trying in social science to basically use uh, the diversity of the United States and the races of the United States to achieve a particular outcome. And this gets back to equity, which, which gets into the economic distribution of primary goods and that where people are in jobs that are based on their skills, but also of their of their color or their persuasion. So, it, but I'm going to tell you this: you know, there is no racism in the United States. Or I'm sorry, the United States is not a racist country. No, it's not. There may be some racism in it, but the United States is not a racist country. You know, electing Barack Obama once showed that, and twice proved that because there's no way he could have been elected just by the black vote or by the black and Hispanic vote. So he has shown that there is no racism in the United States. Take a look at the number of football players that are black, that are multi-multi-millionaires. Take a look at, you know, Oprah Winfrey, billionaire. You can't say that she got there because it's a racist country. You know, take a look at the number of black generals and admirals that are truly successful. You can't I've, say that. I've, ser I've served with them. They're yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Yes. Absolutely. So when you have uh, the, the leadership, and I use that term loosely, coming on down saying, you need to do this, which basically means you need to lower your standards to bring these people in. I'm sorry, if you're lowering your standards, you're lowering your protection of the United States and the ability for the military to do their job and do it effectively. That's the bottom line. So, is arguably, would it be correct to say that by serving in the military, and we're talking about that that transfer of goods and goods and wealth and so on, right? Mm -hmm. Can can one make can one successfully argue that serving in the military is part of the road to getting that? fair share of the American dream. Absolutely. Particularly based upon wherever you came from in life, right? Absolutely, because uh, when you raise your hand, when you come into the U.S. Marine Corps or the U.S. Army, uh, you basically are, are saying that you want to serve a higher calling, a higher cause than yourself. And almost everybody does. They're not going in it for a job. They're going in it to serve. Everyone I've, I've worked with... Yeah, uh, You're not going in, into it for the pay. Well, obviously, and, <laughs> because the pay's not so good anymore either. But, but exactly. But, and, you know, especially in the Marine Corps, uh, when you go into boot camp and, and plant your feet on those yellow footprints, their job is to rip you all the way down, rip out any ego that you have, and build you back up as a cohesive team, as yeah, a cohesive to be, unit. To become a Marine. 
let's 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 go ahead right now take our our bottom of the hour break uh, for some messages from our great supporters uh you're listening inside track on kvy trusted news and talk we'll be right back with captain wells and ab talking about uh wokeness in the military establishment today customers come first at tucson iron and metal surplus a lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrap yard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? (sighs) No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Navy Captain Bob Wells continues with us on Military Wokeness. Bob, um, Mike Pompeo was talking about all this military wokeness, and we talked during the break about uh, the Air Force and what's going on in the Air Force Academy and all their wokeness. Talk about that. Well, my experience uh, with an academy was certainly at the Naval Academy, and uh, the governance of the Naval Academy uh, is through a board of directors, so when you have something that uh, comes uh, from a different direction and specifically addresses, uh, you know, not so much the wokeness, but the diversity, inclusion, all the new uh, synonyms that are for men and women that are injected into the culture of the Air Force itself, uh, it's very concerning. It becomes political. It becomes exactly what uh, Bruce talked about with regard to the uh, Secretary of the Army, Wormuth, talking about the political culture wars outside of the service itself. Uh, For some unknown reason, uh, this particular uh, diversity, inclusion, uh, woke uh, curriculum got into a training level or a a basic level training discussion at the U.S. Air Force Academy. Uh, When the slides were revealed publicly, uh, I don't know through a FOIA or because of parents, uh, the feedback they received from the Air Force cadets, uh, this is when you had a political leader like uh, Mike Pompeo, who was first in his class at West Point, understands the tradition of military service, understands the constitutional duties, and understands what academies are for, looking at building warfighters, 
people that we need to, to basically trust to do the air combat missions of the United States. Yeah, let's talk this, about this that. Is, this is very troubling. Yeah, let's talk about that because uh, from Fox News in an exclusive, uh, this is from a couple of weeks ago, a diversity inclusion training by the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado instructs cadets to use the words that include all genders and refrain from saying things like mom and dad. Are you kidding me? That was me, not in the article. The, the slide presentation titled Diversity and Inclusion, What It Is, Why We Care, and What Can We Do, advises cadets to use person-centered and gender-neutral language when describing individuals. Uh, new paragraph, some families are headed by single parents, grandparents, foster parents, two moms, two dads, etc. Consider parent or caregiver instead of mom and dad. Hi, caregiver, I'm home. Uh, and... Uh, the presentation states use words that include all genders like folks or y'all instead of guys, partner, versus boyfriend or girlfriend. Bob, when I was in the Marine Corps, we would have been beaten within an inch of our lives. We would have been on the grinder doing push-ups, pull-ups. They would have run us until we dropped if we did anything like that. You know, when we were fortunate, we could use our CO's first name, Sir. Yes, Hey, we've got a caller, Jerry, calling in from Bisbee. Jerry, go ahead. Yes, sir. I am afraid that the wokeness that's coming into the military is a Trojan horse. And I wondered if evidence of this espionage was seen by the 14 commanding admirals that were relieved of their duty in the Navy. Thanks, Jerry. Bob, you want to take that? Um, thank you very much, Jerry. Uh, that's an interesting uh, perspective with regard to uh, how a Trojan horse or how a uh, an ideology gets injected into uh, our military. Uh, what I think is that uh, just like um, Mr. Gallagher uh, put forward, he's, he basically uh, indicated, and I, I look at the origin of where the ideology occurred. And it, it occurred in Harvard University, it occurred in Boston University, it was developed. And it was the Petri dish, it was New York University as well. And it comes in uh, to uh, looking at the racial identities in particular, the, the, the uh, black identities in the United States. And that basically looked at the uh, way forward on trying to uh, create outcomes using diversity and inclusion. To your point, though, as a Trojan horse, if it weakens the United States military's readiness because the sailors, the airmen, uh, the people, which are the most important, the public, and it's their military. It's the people's military. It's the people's sons and daughters that serve in the United States. If it confuses our people, it will impact our recruiting. It will impact our our readiness, it will impact trust and integrity uh, within the chains of command. So it's a corrosive effect, it's a competition uh, between the traditions of the service and the constitutional uh, imperative. So that's a very important point you just made with regard to a Trojan horse. I think it was introduced in the society uh, through an ideology that got put forward by yeah, it, academia. I mean, it, it actually, this wokeness business really started in the late 70s in law schools at the same institutions you talked about and has and has sort of, you know, gone gone from there. In the, in the military, what's the most important outcome? Is it 
diversity and 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 all that or is it keeping our country safe and and if it is keeping our country safe giving the benefit of the doubt to the war community what is the what is the the benefit of wokeness in terms of keeping our country safe uh, the benefit of wokeness is is really it's a distraction uh, I think the United States uh, Armed Forces, especially all volunteer force, were very, very uh, diligently uh, through uh, setting the standards, making sure for promotion boards that diversity and inclusion were already part of the precepts when we were making sure that we promoted uh, people. That's why you have, as, as Ed mentioned, so many uh, key people of uh, incredible capability that are uh, black, that are Hispanic, that are uh, German American, etc. So, the uh, wokeness itself is a distraction, and what is needed now is really a reaffirmation of the standards of service, the constitutional paradigm, which is the Constitution, the service, you know, subordination of self. Uh, as Mr. Gallagher said again, he was a Marine. People come into the Marines to be a Marine. They don't come in to be part of a group that's identified as a particular outcome based on the. Uh, the minister, the secretary of defense's uh, particular strategy. So readiness is number one. We have to maintain the trust of the American people, and we have to be ready for competition, for combat, or for any other type of military operation. To what degree do you think Bob and Ebb does the wokeness, what's, what is to an outsider like me, a civilian looking in, watching the news, of the uh, upper echelon, I mean, the really high Pentagon kind of, you know, Brigadier General and above, you know, Admiral and above, that sort of thing. What is the impact of wokeness in terms of getting on to that next grade? Okay, you've gone from Brigadier to two-star to three-star. How, how does that work? And is that is that really at work here today? Well, now, Bob, I've never been, well, I've been to the Pentagon, but I've never worked in the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. My understanding, my belief, and correct me if I'm wrong, once you pin on the star, now it becomes political. They say that it's, uh, yes, you know, 20% uh, as you're being very aware as you're growing in your in your profession uh, is is uh, political and it reverses itself 80 20 uh, because you have to realize since a lot of it is budget working with the Congress right. and you have service uh, interests there as well but I, I wanted to answer uh, uh, Bruce's question with regard to how we were were graded uh, in a 30-year career I had a 30-year career but every there's a segment in your a fitness report or your service evaluation yep. that uh, speaks about your character, speaks about your uh, equal imp equal opportunity uh, for all people. Do you treat people fairly? Do you treat people uh, justly? And for for uh, commanding officers, I had command of uh, guided missile frigate uh, named after the Marine Corps General Lewis B. Polar, Polar Chesty, yeah, Chesty, and also Aegis Cruiser. But uh, they also looked at, for commanding officers, justice on board. We have the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which is a special justice uh, regime inside the armed forces because commanding officers and commanding generals and field grade leaders need to have that uh, good order and discipline authority so that you're basically not getting people in trouble, per se, but you're holding them accountable. And, and there's a huge difference with that. 
And and that's why, you know, there was captain's mast and things like that, right. non-judicial punishment. You know, it's not that you were getting them, them in trouble as much as holding them accountable. And in the Marine Corps especially, you know, we want you to be held accountable, not just, we're not beating on you. Well, we are, but it's basically, we need you to recognize what you did wrong or mm-hmm. what you did incorrectly so you can improve that and not do that again. Because the, for me, the lessons learned weren't from my successes as much as my failures. Well, it's leadership because you have young people coming in at 18 and uh, some are not as mature as others and you want to grow grow those people and they, they do learn because sometimes at home, sometimes in their circumstance, they don't have the discipline at home. So that's very important to do. But back to Bruce's point about uh, professional development in the military and, and, and how people are judged and the implications of what wokeness and diversity and inclusion has done. Is it solving a problem already that is there in the military? I don't think so. It complicates it. And I think if you look at the existing standards, regulations, Uniform Code of Military Justice, if you discriminate against somebody else, if you assault somebody else, you're going to be held accountable. And those elements of proof are already in uh, the code. And it's it's very clear. So this this is something that I think makes it very complicated. And and uh, I think we need to, you know, move it away as a, as a formal area. We can use a lot of the same systems to continue to upwardly mobile uh, all people that come into the armed forces. So that's yeah. a great point on UCMG or UCMJ because all of, like you said, all of these things that sort of make up how people treat one another and how they work with one another or, or if they are abusive to the trusts that come with taking the oath, right, um, are covered in the UCMJ? That's right. Why then... Is this other this other layer? I mean, is it is it strictly politics? Is it? Well, I mean, Jerry talked about a Trojan horse. I was going to say to Jerry's point, um, uh, Jerry. I think I don't want to say it is a Trojan horse because that would mean they're sneaking it in, and I don't think they're sneaking it in. They're ramming it down our throats. You know, I mean, when when I came in late seventies, early eighties, uh, one thing that that I saw that was fascinating. We had people from all walks of life, from the single family homes, from the ghettos, the whole bit that were using that as an escape to get out of their current situation, number one, and number two, to absolutely be held accountable and to absolutely uh, improve themselves, especially in the Marine Corps. I mean, if you want to screw around, go to the Army. You don't come in, you don't, you know, I would have been in the Army, but apparently you had to read. So much for that. But uh, but I always knew red crayons tasted the best. But they go in for that discipline that they know they're going to get. And you're kind of disappointed if your DI goes easy on you. So um, there there's also some perhaps um, danger in, in being critical of wokeness in the military, but using it for political purposes as well, isn't it? Yes. Because because they, they, they think that wokeness, you know, may become an issue in this upcoming election. Should it be? I think the entire uh, respect of the armed forces needs to be part of our And, our and the respect has really gone down, according to a recent survey. Recruiting has gone down. Yes. Recruiting is tough right now. Um, Probably no. multiple reasons for that, though, right? 
Yeah, my stepson's a recruiter for the Marine Corps in Las Vegas. And basically, the, the strangely, the place where he has the most success is in women right now. But there are so many, I'll call them boys, that are out of shape, that just can't do the, they don't have the physical stamina to do what needs to be done, let alone pass a PFT, physical fitness test. You know, they're busy exercising their thumbs, watching the screen instead of getting out and doing things. fly drones, I guess. Well, okay, but (laughs) you still have to, in the Marine Corps, every Marine's a rifleman. You still have to meet those standards. And, you know, the, the, the amount of drug use and abuse going on right now is out of control. And so that's why you saw, you know, years ago where, okay, so we know you sold drugs. We'll let you in the military anyway. Well, not in the Marine Corps. Not in the Navy. The armed forces are special, and we have a higher standard. And we're not like the civilians. We come into the armed forces for our duty, and we come in there to serve. And this is a distraction. This is being. This is really going to make it difficult for the arm, the all volunteer force. It's it's it being put upon the armed services in a political way, uh, particularly by this president with the executive orders. And they weaved it through, uh, causing an outcome-based uh, reporting system that was really already there as the United Armed Forces were trying to maintain diversity and making sure we recruited from all different walks of life. So it's just an unfortunate label, uh, and it, it really is a new uh, philosophy and an ideology that's been imposed uh, from academia. They... they push the I believe button, and it's become now part of policy. So Mike Pompeo uh, says he's launching a new campaign to combat what he says has woke us in the military. Uh, I guess there's been some sort of a coming of the minds uh, with him and Condi Rice. Talk about that for a second. Well, uh, Rick, hang on. We're going to get to your call. Secretary uh, Pompeo, uh, just the last uh, few days, uh, met with Condi Rice, who's the president of Hoover Institute out in Stanford University. What a great person. I served with her in the White House. I watched her in action. One of the best America's got from the perspective of her her service during the Reagan administration against the Soviet Union, but also during the Bush administration as National Security Advisor and Secretary of State. Uh, She uh, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, she's experienced racism as well. She wants America. And I think Mr. Pompeo does as well because he was number one in his class at the uh, West Point, served in the military, served as Secretary of State, he sees what a strong military represents in terms of uh, communicating to our adversaries, which are plenty out, uh, outside the lifelines of the United States, but also internally, that trust and confidence that goes with the sons and daughters of the parents that provide uh, their sons and daughters for the service themselves. The American people, this is their armed forces, they need to trust the leaders that their, their uh, sons and daughters are are basically going in to serve uh, with because they'll, they'll be in harm's way on the ship, in the air, in the Marine Corps, uh, Coast Guard doing law enforcement, uh, drug enforcement uh, duties off of Key West and down off of uh, Columbia, etc. So uh, I think Mr. Pompeo's discussions with Condi Rice, I'll try to get a readout, but certainly would say uh, the state of America, how can we improve the readiness of our armed forces? How do we improve and support Democracy. Uh, Miss Miss uh, Rice had the freedom agenda during uh, President right. Bush, uh, strengthening American foreign policy, 
you know, looking at not just Wilsonian principles, but also the Jacksonian principles, Jeffersonian principles that are at work with regard to recruiting people, American people. And this, this wokeness uh, is, is an ideology and attitude that is, that is not, in the, not in the mainstream of America, and it really shouldn't be. We, we have a we caller. Take Rick before we have he hangs a caller, up. Rick. Rick, go ahead with your comment or question for uh, Bob Wells or Ed Wilkinson. I I guess my question would be how how this can be addressed, how it can be reversed. Um, I, my background is I, it's not in the military, but it's in law enforcement, and I was a border patrol agent, and uh, I also was an instructor at the academy. And one of the things I instructed was uh, physical techniques. They call it PT. And I could see over a period of years the quality of the, we call them trainees, the quality of the trainee decrease in a physical fitness level. And to where the first classes, when I started as an instructor, the first classes, uh, you had a lot of people that actually had gotten out of the military. They were young. They were in their 20s. They were in extremely good physical condition. And as the years passed on, uh, the physical quality of the trainee just was uh, terrible. Um, we had a boxing program, so you had to. Part of graduating was you had to get in a ring and box another student, another trainee, and they've eliminated that. They also uh, eliminated. You used to be able to, uh, you know, motivate them by yelling at them. I'm sure anyone in the Marine Corps would, <laughs> would be, uh, yeah, would 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 be shocked by that that you would yell at somebody. But you had somebody, you had people that just quit. They, they get out there on a run and they just quit. Or you stop and you go for a five-mile run. You run two miles, stop and do some calisthenics. Rick, let, uh, run by the pull-up bar. Anyways, I don't mean to go on, but I'm just saying. Yeah, that, let's let Bob uh, answer it, that it, question. Great downhill. question. Okay. Great question. Let, let's let Bob and Ab answer that question. Well, what is to be done? I, I think uh, this is a time uh, for action. I think there needs to be a backlash. Uh, one of the uh, things that uh, I can do, you can do, is to look at leaders who will challenge this wokeness and uh, like Mr. Pompeo, like uh, other leaders you've heard about from the actual soldiers and veterans that are out there challenging this as they're trying to change uh, the traditions of the armed services. I also think Capitol Hill, uh, every leader in the U.S. Armed Forces has to testify before Congress. So your representation on the committees goes a long way. And then finally, we in the United States have a responsibility to, uh, especially people in the armed services, to serve uh, with honor and to serve to defend this country. And it's part of our trust we have in our armed forces leaders to make sure their priorities are readiness, making sure that they're dedicated to the Constitution, and making sure they're they're dedicated to the principles of service. So, uh, in in summary, then you know. Find somebody that will challenge it and uh, correspond with them. Talk to your elected representatives and uh, and sp- tell your story. That's a great story with regard to physical fitness and standards. They've lowered the bar. Eb- yeah, and, and to that point, Rick, uh, in my view, we have to start by changing the leadership at the very top of this pyramid and get things back in order. And we need to wipe out the woke military leaders that are busy promoting this stuff because it's doing nothing to help us whatsoever. I didn't realize they stopped the boxing. That was one of the things in the Marine Corps, you know, that that they absolutely stressed. What do you think our adversaries in the world think about wokeness in the United States military forces? 
Well, certainly they they watch in the public domain this political discussion that's ongoing in the country. They see the political leadership, particularly this Democratic Party, uh, specifically of this president, uh, trying to change American society using this diversity, inclusion, equity uh, regime that is contrary and it's linked away from the constitutional principles and away from the traditions and the serv- of the services themselves. So the Russians see that, and uh, our military leaders, our ambassadors need to underscore this is where we are as America still. Make, makes it harder for us. Makes it harder for us. It, 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 uh, Do, would, would China say or South Korea, North Korea see this as a as a uh, weakness yes. and, and try to exploit it? I, I think they would see it as a weakness, but I also think, uh, based on the operational commanders, uh, don't ever challenge the United States. I think the operational commanders, the capabilities we have, and the readiness that we do have uh, is still incredibly good. I think we've got, we've, we've basically, as as they said, we were, we've sailed on yesterday's wind hmm. in the Navy because we're still right. operating with the Reagan uh, right. def- defense force structure. Uh, we're gonna. We need. We need to basically hold on here uh, for the next few years. Uh, look, that's unfortunately going to do it for today's show. This has been fascinating. There's more that we could cover here. There just wasn't the time. We're not around for two or three hours. Uh, but join us next week. We already have a great show planned for you. And in, in in the as we head to the final days before the midterm election, our show is podcast both on the KVOY website and on Apple Podcasts. All of our Inside Track episodes are available at Apple Podcasts. Until next week for Inside Track. This is Bruce Ash, Ed Wilkinson, Bob Wells, Semper Fi. Wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon. We'll see you again in 167 hours. Viva los gatos and viva los doyers. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So... Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday this is eb wilkinson of wilkinson wealth management Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.